welcome to Vineyard KC West podcast. For more information, visit us at vineyardkcwest.com. All right. So we are in the midst of a series called He Shall Be Called. And so we're looking at these names that are given to the coming Messiah by the prophet Isaiah. This is about 800 to 1,000 years before Jesus was born. And these names are, are theophoric names. So they're, they're the name of God, like mixed into these names. Uh, and so that you, it represents what he's going to be like and who he is. And then they're also throne names. When a, when a king would take the throne, uh, they would say, well, here's the names of this king. They would be descriptive of that king. And they would be descriptive of not just who they are, but like what they would be like. And so here's the names in Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for for us, a child is born. Uh, can you press clear on that? Um, thanks. Clear all on the left-hand corner. Uh, for us, a child is born to us. For a child is born to us. A child is given to us. The government will, be on, will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So last week we saw that Messiah Jesus was everlasting father, right? And we saw that, that the father is full of life and full of hope and full of um, uh, joy and full of, uh, of, of really celebration and that, that, that he wants to share that with us. We looked at the, the prodigal son and how, how the father was ready to celebrate with either son. Uh, as they came to him, he was ready to do that. And so today what we see is we see that Messiah Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so the, the, the word Prince of Peace, it's, it comes from two Hebrew words. So there's ser, which means prince or ruler or leader or chieftain or official or captain. So ser, and it's, it's this idea of like, they are the ruler, they are the one in charge, they are the warrior, they are the one that everyone's looking to. And, but what does this, this prince have for us? Well, he has peace for us. And so uh, the Hebrew word shalom, so peace, and it means completeness or soundness or, or there's welfare or peace. So the ancient Greeks and the Romans they actually uh, had a different view of peace than the biblical view of peace. Uh, the ancient Greeks and Romans saw peace as uh, they really deified it. They made it into a god, and so the god was uh, Pax. So you've heard of Pax Ramona, uh, uh, Ramona right? Um, and so Pax or Irene uh, was her name. And in, in one, her left hand, she held like a cornucopia, uh, uh, like, you know, a horn of plenty. And, and then the other hand, she held a, um, an olive branch. And the idea was, is that she could bring, uh, she could bring like growth to the harvest. She could bring growth of things. And if the harvest was good, there was peace. But the whole idea was, is that she could just influence what they had and bring peace to it. Now, there was a period of time within the Roman empire um, called Pax Ramona, where there was Roman peace. But it was the idea of lack of war. And there was still little wars here and there, but, but it was this idea that there was uh, the lack of conflict. And so it wasn't, it really had to do with circumstances versus like an overarching peace. And really the best that their goddess could do was kind of like periods of that. And it was just 
taking the surface of what was there versus actually transforming uh, things into something totally different, regardless of the consequence or regardless of the circumstances. And so what they wanted is they wanted to live their life their way. They wanted to have their kingdom their way, their empire, and just have it tweaked. And, and, and we can understand that because I think in some ways that's how we think of peace sometimes too. We think that, well, everything could just be okay and um, somebody would just kind of fix it and I could just keep doing what I'm doing, but there wouldn't be any problems. I would just have peace. Well, for peace, there's really uh, ownership is needed. In other words, I take part in it. Like I take part in, in peace coming. We see that Jesus is the one that brings peace, but I have a part in it. G.K. Chesterton, uh, an English author, he, he was famous for writing into the local newspaper about, uh, in response to a column. In the column, they said, uh, the idea they wanted people to write in on was, what is wrong with the world today? And so he was famous for saying, dear sirs, I am yours, G.K. Chesterton. I am what's wrong with the world today. And don't worry, this isn't like a, okay, gosh, okay, I'm supposed to get mad at myself. That's not the point. But if we look at it, actually, I have an ownership part in this whole mess of what's wrong with the world today. I also read about, this is not against the English, by the way, just, just saying, okay, but this is, we're, we're I guess GK is a, a good thing, and this is one that's not so much. But there's, uh, there's an English couple, and uh, uh, he, um, I know, I guess he's German. Yeah, German. Okay. So uh, CNN reported, I'm just going to read it, that the man, there was a man that was a, he was trying to bring peace to his marriage. A true story from 2003. And uh, he used an old air raid siren to stun his wife into submission. Okay. And so now just hold on. Um, My wife never lets me get a word in edgewise, the man identified as Vladimir R told the police. So I crank up the siren and let it rip for a few minutes. It works every time afterwards. It's real quiet again. So the 73 year old man's 220 volt rooftop siren was confiscated by the police. Okay. Cause neighbors were complaining, but as for his wife of 32 years, she said, my husband is a stubborn mule. So I have to get loud, you know? And so it's, you know, you see a picture and it's kind of extreme, but true story. See the husband had no idea He had no ownership in it. He wanted peace in his marriage. He wanted peace in his home, but he had no ownership. He just thought it was, if this could just get under control and I can just still be me, I'll have peace. And we can approach it that way too. We can look at like, well, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, if, if he could just fix the pandemic, if he could just fix the political and society, society unrest, if he could just fix those things, I can just get back to me and doing me will all be cool. Well, for peace, ownership is needed. And so the Bible communicates peace is a key characteristic of God, that it's actually who God is. One of the things that he is, is peace. And so Jesus as the Prince of peace comes and communicates that peace and brings peace to wherever he goes. But it's not just circumstantially, it's actually the changing of the person. Many times we won't see circumstances change, but peace is possible, even though there's those circumstances. And so kind of to help you with this idea is that um, peace is tied to the the prince or the true king of peace. But this is what the king, the true uh, prince of peace said. Jesus said this, 
Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. Whoa. I've actually have people that try to refute, um, you know, the reality that Jesus is God or, or that God is real and say, hey, this Jesus, he said this. Well, in context, what is Jesus talking about? He, he actually is the Prince of Peace. He knows it and he brings peace. But what he's pushing on is he's saying, hey, you think that you can just kind of like be like a NASCAR driver. You can just come into the pit stop, get peace and just go ride the race, drive the race that you're driving on. It's just, that's just it. Come on, give me peace. All right, rip, rip, rip. I'm out of here. And Jesus says, no way. I haven't come to just put like a bandaid on things. I haven't come to just affirm your mess and, and tweak some things so you make it right. Besides, what if Jesus just tweaks the things that bring you peace, but they bring other people unpeace? Like who decides? It needs to be God's peace that rules over us and is over us. And so let's listen to one happening where we see Jesus fighting for peace in the life of a young man. It's out of, um, it's out of Luke chapter 18, verse 18 through 22. And it says, a certain ruler asked him, Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Good question right? Uh, it's, 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 I've, I've, I love it when I get that question. I love it when people that are, um, not church attenders and not people that are, you know, religious, whatever. They're just like, Hey, how do I get like real life, good life? And, and it's so honest because I remember as a 15 year old, that's the question I was asking. Like, man, what's really real? What's eternal life? And, and, and Jesus tells them this because Jesus doesn't deal again with a one size fits all, but he deals with the issue. So he says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. And then he says, you know, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said, right? He's like, sweet. So Jesus, what he does is he narrows in on his heart and he pushes and he's like, hey, let me push your button. Because his button was like, hey, I've checked it all off. I've got it all done. This is what I do. I practice this. And Jesus is like, right, but I want to get down into the, to the deep of you. Like Nacho Libre, get into the nitty gritty. If you don't know what that is, look it up. So um, one of the best movies ever. Um, so when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. So lasting a, eternal peace, like lasting peace, not just the pit stop kind of peace, but lasting peace. Uh, it pushes on the things that we hold dear because we try to put things in our lives that will actually, um, mask, or they will actually kind of cover up a little bit, uh, the, the unrest that we have or the lack of wholeness. Cause remember peace is this, this wholeness. It's a completeness. Uh, it's welfare, that my welfare is all good. And so the things that we put in its place to make us actually feel peace, those will always come up. They'll always come up as Jesus tries to give us real peace. Those things won't work and they'll, they, they won't happen like they're supposed to. And, and Jesus is dealing with things. He's bringing layers. He's like, I want to bring you real lasting peace, not this. And we see that with this young man. So in verse 23, it says, when he heard this, he became very sad. And this is like a, the idea is like just overwhelmed with grief. 
just overwhelmed with grief. And you can imagine, you know, he was very sincere. He really wanted eternal life. He really wanted completeness and wholeness, and he wanted his welfare to be good. But he actually, uh, he was overwhelmed with grief, not because, um, you know, he didn't, you know, he, he just, he's like, man, I don't know that I want to give all this up because, you know, I have to give up everything. I mean, that's my thing. Like, that's the thing that it's been making me comfortable. That's the thing that brings me peace is my wealth. Because it says he was very wealthy and Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And, you know, people will use that verse and say, say, well, you know, see, it's like, you know, wealth or riches are bad. That's not the point. The point is, is that if you're rich in anything, if you're rich in accomplishment, if you're rich in talent, if you're rich in beauty, if you're rich in, in looks, if you're, you know, in, in whatever your thing is that you make your thing, your beauty brains or your bucks, that thing, if you are wealthy in that, it is hard for you to enter the kingdom of God because it's your thing. It's because you carry it. You only have so much to put in your backpack and you have to let it go. And so it says, indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And so um, that which grips us, like whatever the pinch hitter is in our lives for peace, I don't have it. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put peace up here at bat. Let peace hit here. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't have peace. So I'm going to, I'm going to put riches up there. I'm going to put, I'm going to put relationships up there uh, to fill that people to fill the spot instead of God. Or I'm going to put, I'm going to put my brains up there or my looks or my accomplishments or my, my home or, or, or how are the people see me or a car or a vehicle or, or whatever it is we can throw in there. We can throw all kinds of stuff in there. The beauty is, is that, is that like, it doesn't even like we can look at somebody else's pinch hitter for peace and we'll be like, what's the big deal with that? But then we ha all have our own. We all have our own thing that we want to throw in there. And so that, that which grips us uh, doesn't retreat easily. You know, we can look at the young man. It's like, what's the big deal? You've got God himself, like, like right there saying, give it all up and follow me. And you got it all, man. But it doesn't retreat easily. So it is for us. So we also see that peace or wholeness is possible with God because he says um, in verse 26, it says, those who heard this um, asked then, who then can be saved? And Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is, is possible with God. And so we can try all we can to have peace. We can try all we can to, to, to move things back to the way they were before the pandemic and move things back to the way they were before certain unrest and these things. And the Lord says like, hey, no, you can't. You need me. You're, you're, it's, it's, in, you're, it's an operation in futility to try to get this without me. You, you may feel like things are okay for, for, a, for a bit, but, but it's going to come back again. It, it's absolutely just going to come back. You know, we have a stove, an electric stove in our house. And, and so, uh, and Michelle always has to tell me, you know, like, I'm like, wait, which light means that there's a burner and it's hot? You know, because two, I've got it now. Two lights if there's a burner on and it's hot. One light if it's just hot. Okay, key. So if you ever come over, you won't get burnt. But uh, but it's it's like I, I just I just don't get it. You know, I, I just don't get it, and I have to I have to work it over and over in in my mind. And and you know that's kind of how it is with this. You know, is to be able to walk through this. But you know, it's, it's uh, in verse twenty six uh, or verse. Um, 
verse 28, it says, Peter said to him, uh, we have left all we had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to him, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. And so that's the good news is, is Jesus is saying, and the idea isn't that you have to sell everything you have to follow Jesus. Like some people take that to the extreme. It's like, oh, it says that that's what I've got to do. And um, I actually have a friend, a, a youth leader um, of ours, just like really awesome guy and just kids loved him. And, and he got involved with a group that that was the thing like, hey, you're not truly a follower of Jesus unless you sell everything and come live in this community and do that. And it was super unhealthy. There's some really cool stuff that was there too, but it was super unhealthy. And they replaced the Holy Spirit with the idea of selling everything in community. Because it wasn't the Holy Spirit that would lead them and guide them and work this out in their lives, but it was the idea of selling everything in community and living together. Get it? We can do that too. We can take, I mean, we, we can even put like religious ideals in the way instead of peace. Like, like we can put something else as a pinch hitter, like some religious action or some religious principle. And the Lord says like, hey, I'm not stagnant. I'm not just an idea that you put into a place and you interact with the idea. I'm God is what he says. I'm the everlasting one, the alpha, and the omega, the beginning and the end. And I'm alive and I'm here and I'm near. That's what he says. He says, I'm not far off. I'm right here right here all the time. You never go anywhere that I'm not there. You never drive anywhere. You never walk anywhere. You're never asleep that I don't see you. And I'm always with you. And I'm always watching for you. And I'm always ready to come in and bring you peace. So that's the good news is that, is that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has an abundance of peace for us. And so, so what is yours? Like, what's your pinch hitter? What's the thing that you throw in there to, to kind of mask that fact that Maybe real peace is lacking. What is it that you need to give up today? Because just like G.K. Chesterton took ownership, we have to take ownership and say, well, if I want peace in my life, if I want peace in my home, or I want peace in my marriage or my family or my relationships or peace at my workplace or my school, then, then what's my part? What do I need to do? You know, uh, some of us may be fighting against God. And just like, you know, God, I know best. I know you say this, but... but you know, in my 30 years, I know better than you. You know, I've, I've figured it out in 30 years what you couldn't figure out in all of eternity. You know, and so, so let me tell you how it is, God. And the Lord says, I love you, child, but I'm going to keep wrestling with you. I'm going to keep working with you on this. And so uh, here's some things to consider as far as taking this home. Uh, one is, is that make the exchange and receive peace. Make the exchange with that item, which means that you, you pretty much always actively interact with that pinch hitter. And, and when it's triggered, when you realize that you're using it, like you're using that, that thing that you put in the place of peace where ownership isn't really there, it's just you affirming you and your kingdom. When you engage that, make the switch and say, God, I don't want to rest upon that. I want to rest upon your peace. And so John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, which the world, remember, it gives just like the 
the Greeks and the Romans. It, it, it's just a circumstantial, maybe it'll change, but, it, but there's not internal peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the type of peace, peace that Jesus gives is the type that you don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be afraid because you're at peace with him. So make the exchange for it, right? Like, you know, Christmas morning's coming up and you have gifts that you're going to exchange with one another and give one another. But if you've ever done like the white elephant gift thing where you, where you trade up, right? You know, I've got, I've got an iPod, uh, you know, but, but this person has a... Um, I don't know. What would you, yeah, I kind of start out with the top one an iPad. There you go. Thank you. So, so you would, you would trade it up for the bigger one, right? Like trade up your little thing for, for peace this, this Christmas. Uh, and then the, the next thing is give thanks for the price paid for peace. You see, gratitude is the, is the door to peace. If you want to unlock peace this Christmas in your life, bring gratitude in because there was a price that was paid for peace. Colossians 1:20 says in through him, speaking of Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace. How? Through his blood shed on the cross. That peace was brought between God and man and between, between people and people and people and God by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the way God says that it was done. There's no other way to bring peace. No matter what pinch hitter we put in there, the only thing that fits in there is the blood of Jesus Christ. Is his shed blood upon the cross for our sins. His shed blood that makes the payment for us that we no longer have to pay, but it's Christ that paid for us. And then he offers that to us. But we can enter this and we can receive peace by having gratitude for what was done. And then the next thing is walk the path of peace because peace is a path that we follow. I'm going to get rolling here if I get too many P's here. So this is peace. <laughs> I did it to myself. Okay. So peace is a path to follow, right? And you maybe remember a field when you're a little kid or maybe it's now and there's a field, open field between your house and another one. And you're trying to get to your friend's house and, or you're trying to get to the store in town. And, and, you know, there's this path, there's all these weeds, but there's this path that you follow because, well, it's already laid out for you. So you follow the path or maybe you're a backpacker and, and it's important to follow the path because if you go off on another trail, you don't get to, you don't get to where you want to go. And so follow the path of peace. Luke 1, 78 through 79 says, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And so that's, that's what God is always doing. Like you say, what is God doing in my life? Like, how can I know what he's doing? Well, he's guiding you to the path of peace. That's what he's always working on. And so God is not trying to lead you into confusion. He's trying not to lead. He's not leading you away from him or, or any other way, but he's leading you into a path that peace rules over. And that's the good place. Well, is Nikki and uh, band come back up here? Um, you know, really wrestle with that. Wrestle with what is it uh, for you? I know. I, I just know for me, um, I think one recently that I realized um, is like, uh, I think I have a little bit of um, like, what's next? Kind of what's the latest update? Like, I feel like um, maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit of FOMO. I don't know, like fear of missing out. Like has something happened or has something been updated? And I, you know, I want to know the latest thing. I, I, that's something I've been putting, um, you know, in, in my life as a pinch hitter. 
Like I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to just see what's there and versus just kind of resting in who the Lord is. And it's so easy just to check email and, and check the latest news and different. I don't know why I'm checking news, right? Like, why would I check there for peace? You know, but I do like, I check, like, what's the latest thing? What's going on? Um, you know, uh, in, or if I'm working on something, uh, maybe the, the work I've been doing has accomplished something or, or, you know, maybe you're in school, maybe it's like, well, I, I got that grade I wanted or whatever. And that feels good, but it's a poor substitute for Jesus, who's the Prince of Peace. And so if, if you, if you feel like maybe your, your, your peace is lacking today, Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So it's not the fruit of you, like you can't create it. It's the fruit of the spirit. So the Holy Spirit embodies all of these things. It's the fruit that comes from him. But it's what happens is, is that when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, when we spend time with God, he shares those things with us. You see, it's indirect. Like I have something I tell myself when I'm on the phone with like a, like a phone support person. And if things aren't happening, I'm having to fight for something. You know, I say, you're a man of peace. You're a man of peace. And my wife helps out too. You're a man of peace. I know they're not understanding, but you're a man of peace, right? You're a man of peace. But see, I don't get it that way. I get it by hanging out with the one that is peace. See, when I spend time with the Holy Spirit, he gives me peace. Peace is birthed in me. And so if you lack peace today, just receive the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, just, yeah. I mean, that's the good news. God says, it's not about a building. It's not about a temple. It's not about worshiping in this place or that place, but I'm looking for people that will worship me in spirit and truth. I'm looking for people that will worship me with the real person that they are. I'm looking for people that will bring their, their real failures, their, their real victories, all that they are. I'm looking for people that will not hold anything back and put things before, but they'll just bring them real selves and want to be the one I created them to be. He says, that's who I'm looking for. And when they come to me, I share all that I have with them. God says, actually, there's no temple anymore. You are the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That God's very life, his very being, would take up residence in you. That's why you're never alone. Because he's always with you. And in such a sense that he wants to overflow in you. Overflow in you. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and I'll open up rivers of living water with them, like springs of living water. And so as we worship, a couple of different prayers to follow up on that. One is, is, is a real simple one. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your life. If you're a Christian today, if you're not a Christian, a great prayer is, Lord, I give you my life. I surrender. I surrender. I don't understand everything. I don't have everything figured out, but I know that you are the source of life itself. And I come to you and I give you my life. I accept what Jesus did on the cross. Just tell him. He knows your heart, your heart language. So Lord, we thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you for your great love, how you've reminded us that you're near today and that you're full of peace and that true peace only comes through you. 
We thank you for the opportunity to share you with friends and neighbors and coworkers and people we go to school with and invite them into your love uh, this Christmas Eve. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing upon each home, upon each life that's here. We worship you now, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com. 